Good morning, Maranatha. It is time for Sunday Morning Alive. Right here on our website, I am Pastor Evangelist Robert Venable. Once again, so glad that you have come to gather around the Word of God with us today. Uh, right in the middle of this pandemic and the pandemonium that is created all around the world, we are still people of God, the sheep of his pasture, the people of his hand. He is still on the throne and he is still in control. Praise God. And I know it's hard not to be distracted in times like this. We are indeed in perilous times. But friend of mine, we're also in a season for God's visitation. I am convinced that we're going to see more manifestations of the presence of God in these last of the last days to help us to reap a mighty harvest of souls just before the coming of Jesus Christ. So I want you to stay tuned today. We want to talk about something that will help us stay focused and enjoy uh, these holidays, separate them from the holy day that is coming up called Christmas. Hallelujah. God wants you to enjoy His presence this Christmas season as we move from Thanksgiving to Christmas. Amen. And uh, by the way, when we say we move from Thanksgiving, I'm talking about Turkey Day. <laughs> I'm not talking about moving from gratitude and moving from that expression of worship, uh, re responding to God's grace and goodness by worshiping Him in spirit and in truth. Therefore, I want to talk to you today about the noise that God loves. Now, we live in a noisy society. We live in, in a society where it's hard to find anywhere that you can go, where there is the absence of all these other sounds that are crowding in. A friend of mine, uh, in God's throne room in heaven, <laughs> hallelujah, and in God's throne upon your heart, there is a noise that God loves, hallelujah, and we want to talk about that out of Psalm 100. This is a psalm of thanksgiving and gratitude. It is a pattern, uh, an actual pattern for expressing true gratitude through true praise and worship, not stoic and ritualistic, prearranged, emotionless routines, but rather joyful expressions of thanksgiving coming from the heart. True worship emanates from the heart, begins in the heart, and God looks at the heart before he listens to our praise. I want to tell you that right now. Man looks on the outward appearance. God looks past all of that, and he looks directly into the heart. But when the heart is filled with gratitude, we express it with the way that we worship him and we praise him. The scripture actually says, Says, great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And sometimes you look at a worship service in, in many churches and you say, you know, God isn't all that, uh, all that great, is he? Look at the lackluster, lackadocious attempt to please him, uh, with, with this, this, this 
prescribed worship that is all set and timed and and it looks like it's just going perfectly within the time frame and and oh friend of mine our god deserves better than some of these anemic offerings of worship that we see and hear today amen david danced before the lord with all of his might and God accepted it as true worship. His wife <laughs> thought it was beneath him as a king to act so undignified. You know what David said in response to her? I'm going to get even more undignified than this. Amen. You, I, I'm going to worship more boisterous than I just did. This is a not uh, not about uh, maintaining our dignity. This is about showing God true gratitude for all that he has done for us and given us in Jesus Christ. So I just want you to know today, amen, that God has a noise that he loves and it brings us into his presence and brings the blessing uh, upon us when we worship him from I'm not just talking about emotionalism for the sake of emotionalism although the bible does say about emotion serve the lord with gladness all ye lands and it also gives us a warning that that the reason for lost blessings is because they served him not with gladness of heart for all of his blessings amen god expects and deserves us to serve him joyfully amen and to worship him enthusiastically praise god not just emotionalism but from the heart producing emotions of joy and gladness and glee hallelujah the noise that god loves psalm 100 is a pattern for expressing true gratitude unto God. Uh, I believe this is one of those psalms that was probably sung when they offered the thank offering to God. There were all kinds of offerings in the temple for different things and at different times, but the thank offering was unique in that it could be offered any time for any reason of showing gratitude to God. But most of the time, the thank offering was offered after the sin offering was offered and accepted. An old friend of mine, how thankful we should be all of the time for that wonderful work of grace and love when Jesus hung on the cross for you and for me. So here's here's the noise God loves. In Psalm 100, make a joyful noise unto the Lord all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before His presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that has made us and not we ourselves. We are His people and the sheep of His pasture. Enter into His gates. Here's that approach to God. Listen, with thanksgiving. See, that's beginning in the heart, not in the head. We're not saying anything yet. We're entering His gates with thanksgiving, into His courts with praise. Now we're expressing what is in our heart with our mouth. Be thankful unto Him and bless 
his name. What did David say? Psalm 103, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is in me. Bless his holy name. Amen. Why? Verse 5 says, for the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting and his truth to all generations. Hallelujah. Make a joyful noise unto the Lord. Friend of mine, a heart filled with true gratitude shouts for joy. Psalm 89 and verse 15 says, Blessed is the people that know the joyful sound. <laughs> Hallelujah. They shall walk, O Lord, in the light of thy countenance. And that word joyful sound, that, that, that word Literally in the Hebrew, mean, could also mean the blast of a trumpet, a shout for joy. And I'm going to tell you something. You won't find this sound in the first church of the refrigerator with a polar bear in the pulpit and ice cubes in the pew. I'm not just trying to be critical and point the finger. I'm telling you that is not the pattern for worship that God expects and God blesses. He turns His countenance toward us. He lifts His countenance upon us. If we know the joyful sound, amen. Listen, this squeal of delight is only heard where there is true appropriation of faith and 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 deep appreciation for God's many blessings. I'm, I'm going to read this from a, a paraphrase. This is just a paraphrase, but but I like it. And and I'm going to read more of Psalm 89 here. It said, "Blessed in the paraphrase, blessed are the people who know the passwords of praise." I like that. Amen. What's the password? Well, how do you get in God's gates? What 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 would be what would be the password <laughs> that opens the gate? so we can move forward into His presence and experience His presence in our life. Praise God. What is the password of praise? What is the password of the gates to enter in? It's praise, worship from the heart, joyful noise. Amen. Hallelujah. Listen, blessed are the people who know the passwords of praise. Who, who shout on parade in the bright presence of God. His countenance is turned upon us, lifted upon us. Delighted, they dance all day. <laughs> they know who you are and what you do. They can't keep it quiet. Your vibrant beauty has gotten inside us. You've been so good to us, we're walking on air. Hallelujah. Friend of mine, I'm going to tell you right now, if this is the prescription for praise that God honors, God accepts, and God responds by lifting His countenance upon us, that was the prayer for blessing what He wanted to do in Israel. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord turn His face toward you. Lift His countenance upon you. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Listen. Listen to the joyful noise in Ezra three ten through 13. It said, And when the builders laid the foundation of the temple of the Lord, they set the priests in their apparel with trumpets, 
and the Levites, the sons of Asaph, with cymbals. Listen, this is not going to be no dead service if you've got trumpets and cymbals. To do what with them? To praise the Lord after the ordinance of David, king of Israel. And they sang together by course in praising and giving thanks unto the Lord, because He is good and His mercy endures forever toward Israel. And all the people shouted with a great shout. Would you call that a joyful noise? I would. (laughs) Hallelujah. When they praised God because the foundation of the Lord was laid. But many of the priests and Levites and chief of the fathers who were ancient men that had seen the first house when the foundation of this house was laid before their their eyes wept with a loud voice and many shouted aloud for joy so that the people could not discern between the shout of joy and the noise of weeping for the people of the people for the people shouted with a loud shout and the noise was heard afar off hallelujah some saw the rebuilding of this temple the reestablishment of the worship of god like it should be and was prescribed and they wept for joy and others shouted for joy and i guarantee you if those people that were shouting for joy probably leapt for joy as well. I remember one time going into a department store in the area of our church and a stranger in the parking lot said, aren't you the pastor of that loud church in Sulphur Springs, Florida? This is part of the suburb of Tampa. We used to stand outside, he said, and listen. I'm not talking about holy hype or mere human emotion. I'm talking about true spiritual joy from hearts filled with gratitude. That's why the Bible said in verse 2, Serve the Lord with gladness, all ye lands. Come before His presence with singing. Yes, I am the pastor of that loud church. We were meeting in a hotel meeting room in between uh, buildings and, and still are waiting to go back. But listen, at the, at the desk, uh, I asked, did you hear us today? Cause I mean, we had, we had, <laughs> we had one of those services in praise and worship where, as one person put it, heaven come down and kiss the earth and I was right in the middle of the smack. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. We serve the Lord with gladness. We come before his presence with singing. We make a joyful noise unto the Lord. So a heart of gratitude serves and worships with gladness. This is how we worship God with grateful hearts. This is the way we obey and live for Him. We do not serve Him with a solemn heart, but rather with a singing heart. Listen to Isaiah 51 and verse 3. The Lord shall comfort Zion. He will comfort all her waste places. He will make her wilderness like Eden, her desert like the garden of the Lord. Joy and gladness shall be found therein. Thanksgiving and the voice of melody. Glory be to God. Someone has said there has never been a true revival without joyful singing. 
every true visitation of God was marked with joyful singing. Praise God. Amen. Thanksgiving and the sound of singing. One one translation said, a place filled with exuberance and laughter, thankful voices and melodic songs. <laughs> Amen. Look look at the new covenant as we follow this pattern, this this noise that God enjoys so greatly and opens His gates for us to come in that we might sing it in His very presence. Hallelujah. Ephesians five seventeen through twenty. It said, Wherefore, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Speaking to yourself in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks Always for all things unto God and the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, dear friend, this is worship that God enjoys. Hallelujah. Amen. Not not just something that he endures. Amen. It's something that God enjoys. Verse 4, listen, enter his gates with thanksgiving. Enter his courts with praise. Be thankful and bless his name. A heart of gratitude blesses the name of the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Hallelujah. And forget not all of his benefits. Praise God. Hallelujah. A heart of gratitude blesses his name. Job in his misery and confusion maintained a thankful heart that sustained him from discouragement and depression. In Job 1, verse 21, it said, The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When we consistently lift up the name of the Lord, we ascribe unto Him faithfulness and sovereignty. No matter what happens, we extol Him and we exalt His name. Someone said true thanksgiving has nothing at all to do with the circumstances, but everything to do with your and my vision of God. Hallelujah. Is our God faithful? Can we trust his promises? Romans 8.28 says, yes, we can, and we need to know it and have it settled in our mind and settled in our heart and in our spirit. For we know, for we know, not we think, we speculate, we hope, but we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. You see, we must know by faith and settle it in our hearts. Don't give up on God. Bless His name. Praise Him anyway. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, I like the story about the man who advertised in the newspaper about his wife's lost cat and offered a $5,000 reward for the cat's return. Now, this was a very precious pet, evidently, to his wife. The clerk taking the ad said to the husband, That's a rather risky thing to do. Somebody might find that cat and claim the reward. 
No, that won't happen, said the husband confidently. But you never know, responded the clerk, and $5,000 is a lot of money for a cat. To which the husband replied calmly and matter-of-factly, When you know what you know, you can afford to be extravagant. I accidentally ran over our cat and buried it myself. Listen, we need to know. When we as Christians know what we know about the love of God, there is no fear to life and its troubles. When we know what we know about the power of God in the person of Christ, there's no uncertainty about the conditions and circumstances that we may find ourselves in. When we know what we know about the eternalness of the Father and of the Son, there is no despair about our future. When we know what we know, there's no need for discouragement. The Christian faith gives us an an alternative to discouragement. The Christian faith gives us confidence in the outcome before it even occurs. Job didn't know why trouble had befallen him. He didn't know what the immediate outcome would be, but he but what he did know pulled him through. And what did he know? He said, I know my Redeemer lives. You see, with faith in the final outcome and gratitude, he blessed the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. William Law made a statement, and I like it today. He said, would you know who the greatest saint is in the world? It's not he who prays and fasts the most, nor he who gives the most, but it's he who is always thankful to God, who receives everything as an instance of God's goodness and has a heart always ready to praise God for it. <laughs> Amen. See, God, God can turn everything into the, the, into His eternal purpose in your life. And I'm going to tell you, He said, I know my thoughts towards you to ancient Israel, to us in contemporary society today. I know my thoughts towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. There's a lot of unexpected things. I did not expect us to be in the middle of a pandemic this Christmas season, but here we are. But I do expect God to continue to weave and work His eternal purpose in the midst of all of these circumstances. For we're the sheep of His pasture. We're the people of His hand. I'm going to read you another quote this morning. Wallace Johnson, builder of numerous Holiday Inn Hotels and Convalescent Hospitals said, When I was 40 years old, I worked in a sawmill. One morning the boss told me, You're fired. Does that sound familiar? (laughs) Depressed and discouraged, I felt like the world had caved in on me. It was during the Depression, and my wife and I greatly needed the small wages I had been earning. When I went home, I told my wife what had happened. She asked, what are you going to do now? I replied, I'm going to mortgage our little home and go into the building business. My first venture was the construction of two small buildings. Within five years, I was a multimillionaire. Today, if I could locate the man who fired me, 
I would sincerely thank him for what he did. At the time it happened, I did not understand why I was fired. Later, listen carefully, I saw it was God's unerring and wondrous plan to get me out into the way of his choosing. Someone put it in real practical terms. When God shuts one door, look for another one to open and look at Look for it to be better than the one that just got shut. You know, we get into comfort zones, don't we, where we're just comfortable. I believe the church of Jesus Christ at large, the true church, has become too comfortable with our rituals and and with our routines. And I believe we need a shaking up so God can shape us up. Praise God. Amen. I believe that we need to know the joyful sound once more. Praise God. Let's trust the Lord. Let's trust the Lord today. And let's praise Him anyway. Amen. I remember getting a call at about, uh, I think it was 2.30 or 3 in the morning from the Tampa Police Department. Our church was located in Tampa for many, many decades, actually. And uh, they said, uh, the door is open to your church. Uh, it looks like there's been a break-in. Can you come and see what was taken? And I remember getting out of bed, and I was upset. And I remember getting in my car, driving uh, about 18 miles, I guess, from where I lived to the church in that part of Tampa. I remember questioning God. I I remember my first thought was, why did you let this happen? We're serving you with all of our heart. We don't have a lot of money. I don't know what they took. I don't know if they vandalized it. But why, why, why? And then I remembered in my heart to give God praise and thanksgiving no matter what. This was a test of my faith and of my faithfulness. And I, I, I'm not, I don't pass every test. I wish I could tell you that I'm a, I'm a, I'm an A plus student of the word that applies it in such a way I always get an A plus. But I, ha, I have, I have not always risen to the occasion, but I had help that night. I, I, it must have been the Holy Spirit helping me because I was tired, I was wore out, and I was just, I just, I was frustrated. And, 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 and inside of me, it's like the Holy Spirit was prompting me, go ahead and praise Him. I thought, what for? Well, praise Him because He's God. Praise Him because He's in control. Praise Him because Jesus died for you on the cross. No matter what, nothing should transcend what He has given us in Jesus Christ. In everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. It's on our website. If you're there, you will see a quote from from uh, uh, and a scripture from Brother Hodges, one of our dear brethren who's preceded us to glory. Amen. The patriarch of a, a wonderful family that we're still ministering to to this day, and they're ministering to others now. Oh, friend of mine, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God. That's the scripture that the Holy Spirit brought to my remembrance. Hallelujah. And I said, Lord, no matter what, I thank you. I praise you. I honor you. 
I give you all the glory for who you are and what you have done. Hallelujah. And by the time I got to Tampa, I'm glad I had that, that, uh, uh, that time to vent and to reset my attitude. When I walked in, I saw two real upset policemen. They, the man told me, he said, you know, he said, if they'd broke into 7-Eleven, that would be bad. If they broke into a home, that would be bad. But they broke into God's house. I mean, he was ready, amen, <laughs> to, to arrest somebody. But they had already gone, left the door open. Amen. And I looked around. He said, can you tell me what they took? And I said, you know what they got? I said, our good stuff is up in the balcony. And evidently, they didn't know where it was. So they took an an old speaker that we had left sitting on the platform that had started buzzing and quit working. And we just procrastinating getting rid of it amen. and it was no good well they took the no good speaker amen they took a couple of microphones that had quit working and they were no good in fact they they carted off a bunch of stuff that we were getting ready to throw away because we had already replaced it with better stuff and stuff that worked. They didn't touch the good stuff, and, and they didn't, other than breaking in, uh, breaking that I had to fix, they they didn't take anything of value and they didn't deface any of the property and I was telling the policeman I said you know God has taken care of it in spite of their intentions I said they they just got a bunch of junk <laughs> out of here and they shouldn't have broke in and 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 they should be they should be punished for breaking in but they didn't get the good stuff and I was thanking the Lord the cops left upset but I left uh, relieved and I believe there's something about thanking him in all things hallelujah that will that will that will cause him to turn a cursing into a blessing praise God amen the devil means it for evil but God who overrules God who overrides. God who absolutely is always. I started to say one step ahead of the devil. Oh Lord, he's far more than one. Hallelujah. What the devil means for evil and God means for good because you and I, if you're a Christian, we're the sheep of his pasture and we are the people of his hand. And because we are, He's going to care for us. He's going to care for you. He's going to care for me. He's going to make a way where there seems to be no way. He's going to pull you through whatever you're facing. He's going to show His faithfulness in spite of all the circumstances that may surround us. And I believe we're going to see the supernatural intervention of God and manifestation of His presence through signs, wonders, miracles, as we pray and as we praise Him. Right where we are, in the midst of our circumstances, blessed, that means happy and to be envied, are the people who know the joyful sound. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior today, 
you don't know the joyful sound. You can't have the peace that passes understanding. You can't have the hope that only God can give you. Hope that circumstances can't overrule and override. Hope that even death can't cancel. Hope is the glad anticipation of future good. Even Job, in the worst of circumstances, had it when he said, I know my Redeemer lives. And at the last day, he will stand upon the earth. And if he slay me, yet I'm going to serve him. And though the skin worms eat the flesh from my body, I lay in the grave that long. When he stands up, I'm going to stand up with him. This is what God offers you and what Christ has done for you when he paid your sin debt on the cross. So come to Jesus today. Let the God of hope fill you with hope and believing and live your life with confidence in such an uncertain world. In Jesus' name.